You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast, episode three. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my experience with raising chicks for the very first time. This is something that I have been wanting to do for years now, but for one reason or another, we never actually took the plunge. Finally, this year was the year to start. Even though we are only a few weeks into this experience, I want to share with you a couple things I have learned and give you some inspiration for starting your very own flock. So let's get started. You're listening to the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Stephanie and I'm a wife, mother of three, and the creator of the blog Winging It on the Homestead, where I help modern mothers incorporate simple living and self-sufficiency skills and knowledge into their busy lives. My goal is to help you refocus your life towards what really matters, your family, as well as boost your confidence so you can start being more self-reliant and decrease your dependence on stores and commercial products. Join me as I share with you my appreciation for creating a homemade and homegrown life through gardening, food preservation, cooking from scratch, making your own products, all while keeping it all practical, intentional, and realistic. Hi guys. I'm really excited about this episode because I'm going to be talking about having chicks for the very first time. This is something that we finally took the dive into this year after many years of wanting to do it, but not really being in the um, right place to do it. I was always, <laughs> it always seemed like I was either pregnant that year or had just had a baby. So taking on a flock of chickens was not necessarily in the cards for that year. So this year, I was actually even going into spring this year, going to pass it off one more year. I mean, it is something that I have wanted to be doing uh, was have a flock. It seemed like so much more work than it, it actually is that I'm finding out. So this year I finally actually just woke up one morning and was like, we're doing it. We're doing this thing. We're having chickens. It shouldn't be that difficult. We're just gonna start with a small flock. Six to eight. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> when I first wanted to do it, I was like 14 chickens. Let's do 14 chickens. Uh, so <laughs> I'll tell you about what we actually uh, got and what we have and what our plans are. And how we made all the decisions we have. We're only a couple weeks in, but I've learned a lot. It's been tons of fun. And I'm really excited for the continual uh, learning uh, process that the, this is for us. So when I first started and thought about doing chickens this year, I wanted to do 14 chickens. I don't know why. I, that's just what I wanted. That's the number that I thought. I wanted a large flock. I wanted laying chickens. And so I started to do pieces of research and... If you know anything about me, I just tend to jump right in. So I, it's not, it's always at my, it tends to be my detriment in some areas. But I wanted to just jump right in and get these chickens. So I spoke with my husband about building a chicken coop or how we would do a chicken coop. Whether we would build one, whether we would purchase one. And after doing some research, I found that purchasing a chicken coop, um, they, they're not as sturdy as, you know, if we built one, if I had my husband build one, he would want to build it like it was a house, you know, sturdy and strong like a house. So then I was also looking into possibly buying someone's old chicken coop and just kind of refurbishing it. So I was looking at those three options. So I found some chicken coop plans online. I had my husband price them out and they were going to be really expensive for all of the material and to do it nicely to make sure it's completely predator proof. And this wouldn't be the chicken coop as well as like an attached run, which is where if you're not going to free range your chickens, which I really can't in my property, but I can give them a large run area. 
Uh, so the run is where they can freely roam within like kind of a boundary. I ended up purchasing a coupon. I'll talk about that in a minute, but what I ended up purchasing is not nearly as large as I was hoping it would be once we put it together. It'll do. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but so there's the coop and then the run area. And once we priced that all out, it was going to be very expensive and I'm not exactly sure where we will be in a year or two years. So I just couldn't justify putting that type of expense into a chicken coop and a run. I could definitely use that in other areas of our property. So what we ultimately decided to do was purchase a coop from, um, we, we purchased it from tra Tractor Supply Company. It's a coop that will hold about 10 chickens. I'll link to what we purchased in the show notes so that you guys can see. It's actually a really cute coop. Uh, we paint it, you put it together. We made sure it was completely predator proof, which it was, it was pretty good right out of the box, but and then we painted it and it's really cute. I'm, I'm happy with it, but I know by the end of summer, I'm gonna be adding a run more run area to it because it's just way too, in my opinion, way too small for what I ended up purchasing eight chickens was going to fit into. So once we priced everything out and decided to purchase our own coop, um, I decided to reduce the number to eight. I mean, we're a family of five now and we eat a lot of eggs. The, it, just the amount of money that it would cost. So my idea is that I've got this coop, which I believe was around $400. The coop itself was around $400. That uh, should take us and be okay for a year. Maybe next year, maybe I'll expand. Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna get this chicken itch next year and wanna buy some more chicks. So I'm sure we're going to be ex expanding our flock next year. Cause this is, we're really enjoying the chick, the raising the chick aspect of this. Then I went to the store, the feed store. We have a local feed store and I purchased chicks. Now, uh, I didn't really research um, some things in the beginning. Now, the first thing, let me start, let me just stop here and give you, if you are interested in having chicks, one of the first things that you should figure out is the laws in your area, right? So I knew that in my area, we're in a pretty heavily agricultural zone. And I know that from neighbors and homes around me, they have coops, they have large amounts of chickens. So I knew it was not going to be an issue. So I didn't look into it. We have um, about two and a half acres. So I knew that the amount of chicks or chickens that we would have wouldn't necessarily be an issue. So I didn't worry about it, but you want to know your laws in your area. So you could have a number of restrictions, like you could have a quantity um, restriction where if you only have an acre, you could only have six chickens, let's say, or maybe, you know, it might be an acreage type thing. You also may need a permit. So you want to look into that. And then the size of coop and the distance from your home might be a consideration that you want to um, know of beforehand. For us, again, we should not have an area, should not have a difficulty uh, with that. In fact, I know we don't because of, we have plenty of property. And that was another thing, I'll talk about that in a minute, is where we decided to locate our coop. You also want to um, determine if you're allowed to have a rooster or not. So we should have, I mean, the feed store should have done a pretty good job sexting the chicks. So we should only have females. But in the case that we have a rooster, I'm gonna to have to figure out how to either rehome that rooster or keep it. I'm okay with having a rooster. I'm not so sure my husband is, so we'll have to think about that. And I, it shouldn't be an issue where we live, but that's something you wanna consider, whether or not you can have roosters or not. Okay, so 
let's talk about uh, location for your coop. So we have a bunch of different areas that we could have it. We actually at one point thought we'd put it on the one side of our house, which is actually between our house and our neighbors, which is the closest we are to another home. And I don't think that they would necessarily care considering they just got a chicken coop this year. But we decided not to do that because I love having things like garden or my coop or something that I like want to be able to maintenance and observe regularly to be on the other side of my house where my car is. That way, whenever I go out to the car, I can kind of keep an easy eye on it. I can just take a quick look, make sure that everything's okay. Even though this is going to be something that we're going out every morning to take care of. Uh, so we decided to go on the other side of our property, not where our garden is, but without knowing my property, it's going to be hard for me to explain, but just right where our kind of cars are. It's a, it's a really great area. I think the best part, the best place we could pick, could choose. So the next decision that I had to make was what kind of chickens we were going to get. So there, what, the next decision I was going to have to make was what kind of chickens we should get. I did a little bit of research on this. Honestly, there are so many different kinds of chickens. There's egg layers, there's meat birds, there's dual purpose, uh, but I was focusing on egg layers. I don't plan on eating these unless we have to for some reason. They're gonna be, you know, our source of eggs. Uh, and there's many different kinds. So there's heat tolerant, tolerant chickens, there's cold tolerant chickens. There are also, they, they lay different colored eggs. Certain chickens lay white eggs, certain chickens lay the nice brown eggs or cream colored eggs. You also have what are called Easter Eggers, which that's where you're gonna get your greens and your blue eggs. So I really wanted a mixed flock. So I spent a little bit of time looking online, but they um, they had a lot of minimum requirements. So you would maybe need, the, like had to order three um, or four or five of a certain kind in order to order them online. And I really wanted a mixed flock and I was only gonna order anywhere from six to eight. I decided to just go to the feed store. They had a wide variety of chicks to choose from and I just kind of went with them. So I have eight different kinds of chickens. One of them is a tiny little phantom. It's one of those fluff ball chickens. Not really, not a great layer, but they're like kind of like a show chicken. They're like the fluffy ones that have like big poof balls on their heads. It's really cute. Um, as this chicken's um, feathers are starting to come in, it's it's kind of a funny looking bird, but they're fun to have. That's actually my son's favorite one so far. And then the next thing that I had to determine was how I was going to keep them for up to six to eight weeks before I could move them into the coop. So I would have to keep them inside with a heat lamp and keep them warm and fed and, and clean for about six to eight weeks before I could move them out to the coop. And so I started off with a cardboard box. You want to kind of, what I've, from what I've read, you want to kind of be careful with boxes that have corners because the chicks can get stuck in them. But I have not had any issue with, with the box that I'm using. So I started off with a box. They had it all set up for you at the feed store that you could just grab what you needed. So they made it really easy. So I got a heat lamp, a bag of feed, a water dispenser, a food dish, and a big bag of wood chips. And that was pretty much all that I needed to get started. I brought them home. I put the feed, the feed chips on the ground, on the bottom of the box and you know, we put them in there. And what we've been doing now is I find that we have to change the food or clean out the food, the wood chips. I'm not crazy about these wood chips. I'm gonna have to research next year on a better method because, and maybe this is just how life is with the chicks, but the food dish, I mean, within an hour gets blocked up with these wood chips so that makes it hard the water dish the wood chips they scratch and they 
kick up the wood chips that soaks gets into their water dish and soaks up all the water and you have to clean it out I mean I'm okay with cleaning it out I plan to clean them out at least twice a day but I'm changing that water and cleaning that water dish maybe four to five times a day to make sure they have fresh water so that's a, if I can cut that down a little bit I'd be happy so every morning we get up and my sons help me move the chickens to another box and I make sure that they don't have, they're not like dirty, like they don't have any kind of waste on their backside or on their feet and I clean them up that way. And then we clean out their food dish and their water dish and we, we swap out the wood chips and then we put them back in. And one thing that I had to do was once they started, maybe this was only like a weekend, they started to try to get lift, you know, with the flight, they try to like fly out. Um, they're not getting too high. I needed to put some kind of grate or uh, cage-like thing on top, but it also had to be safe enough for a heat lamp. I mean, that heat lamp gets pretty hot, so you want to make sure that they're in an area that is safe for a heat lamp. So we had this old grill. I don't even know where we pulled it from, but we had this grill top that we've been putting on top, which works really well. It's heavy enough to hold it down. It's not going to burn or melt like plastic wood or anything and it's been really helpful to use that because they have tried to fly out they get on top of the water dish and try to fly and if they got out of there my cats would get them and that would not be a good experience so that's what's called a brooder is you want to make sure they get plenty of heat they have clean area and they have plenty of food and water so they've been a lot of fun my kids have been helping i've been trying to make sure that the chicks are being held and handled frequently so that they get used to people holding them so that they're easier to manage and easier for the kids to help me with uh, these chores you know, later down the, the road. One of the things that I wasn't necessarily thinking was that they were going to be loud and they're not super loud, but they you can hear them chirping, which I think I'm gonna miss actually once they're out in the coop. So you wanna be careful, like, kind of use that to determine where in your house you're gonna have them. We have them in our laundry room. It's the best place to have them. I also didn't wanna shove them down in our basement being the first time we've had chicks because I wanted to be able to see them and enjoy them, make sure that they're okay. And if I put them in the basement, I won't see them that often. So for the coop, let me talk about the coop a little bit. Um, since we were originally going to build one, I was able to find some really nice plans online. And so if you're looking to build one, you shouldn't. there should not be a shortage of chicken coop plans online. I also got a couple books from the library to just kind of get an idea. Um, ultimately, we purchased one which I love to make things myself. I love to build things ourselves. But uh, just for a first year, we got a coop. I can always build one then once we have a better idea of what we're looking for, how, what will work best for us. Um, maybe if we're even gonna be in this on this property in a couple years, that's kind of up for debate. So when you're having a coop, you wanna make sure that each bird has a certain amount of space. What I found is that you wanna kinda of have four square feet of inside space in the coop per bird. These are all numbers that I've found throughout the, you know, throughout different books and things. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that you can access both the nesting boxes that are put in. That's so that um, they're not leaving eggs wherever. You wanna make sure you have designated boxes for them to lay eggs because if you don't because then you're just going to be laying eggs all over the place and you're going to be going around searching for these eggs you also want to make sure there's plenty of ventilation so there should be holes um, in the top somehow that are ventilated and then you want to make sure that you do have any holes you want to have them screened or some kind of um, some kind of mesh uh, chicken wire or something so that pet so that um, predators snakes 
and mice don't get in there. Mice aren't necessarily going to hurt them, but they're going to eat your feed and things like that. So you don't want to have those uh, types of animals be able to get in there. One thing you're going to want to do is predator-proof your run, and that means that you're going to want to take like a galvanized welded wire and do like a trench around it and kind of attach your, your wire to your run so that their predators aren't able to dig underneath and into your run. Those things are like foxes or dogs or anything like that that can dig under and get into your run that then will um, eat all your chickens. You also wanna have an area for a roost, which is where your chickens will sleep. They like to sleep up off the ground. You wanna have those, those are like rounded poles or sticks or something like dowel rods that would go through that they can sit on. And then what you wanna do is make sure that they, you have a drawer or some kind of removable board or something under those roosts that you can remove and clean, hose off or scrub or whatever, because they're gonna be, that's where they're gonna have their droppings. Um, great for your compost, by the way. You wanna make sure that you are, um, that you have something removable or somehow able to clean. That's another thing. You wanna make sure that you're able to clean this thing out <laughs> and do it thoroughly. So the nesting boxes, oftentimes with the coops that are already made, you'll find that they might have like a little um, hinged door on it somehow that you can open and then reach your hand in without actually having to enter the coop. That's kind of what mine has. And that would be helpful to be able to get the eggs out without having to uh, um, access the entire coop. So my plan is to move them into the coop in about six to eight weeks. So we're, it's in a couple weeks maybe. Um, and then they should be able, since I don't have any grown hens in the um, coop already, it should not be an issue uh, introducing them or anything. They're just gonna be able to go in and get used to the uh, used to the area. And as far as as far as um, laying eggs, I you don't usually expect to get your first eggs until about week 17 or 18. So we got a couple weeks to go. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, there's a lot of milestones with this process that have been a lot of fun. It's been a really great experience for the boys to learn. Um, now we have cats and we have turtles but they're not so like hands-on with them. Um, the turtles really, they're just in aquariums and they, they might help feed them, but they're not helping me do anything else with the turtles. But with the chickens, they're able to handle them. One thing I'm not sure is whether you, do you name your laying chickens? We have eight, they've named, they've wanted to name, we have maybe four of them named. I'm not sure if I should be pressing for them to come up with names for the other ones, or if that's not a good idea. Let me know what you guys think. I don't really know, since we're not planning on eating them, I don't think it's a problem. They are more like pets. But then again, what if something happens to them or what if we do get predators? I mean, that's just gonna be a sad reality that comes along with this. So I'm not really sure. Do you name, do you guys, if you guys have chickens, do you name your laying hens? We're kind of new to that part. And do your kids name your, if they do, do they name your chickens other birds? Like my oldest one, wants to name the chicken parrot and the other chicken ostrich. So we have ostrich the chicken and parrot the chicken. I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun though. So uh, I'm hoping that that's at least helpful. And if you guys were originally on the fence about it, maybe I've encouraged you to just take the dive. It's not as difficult as you would think. In fact, I'm surprised I didn't do it sooner, even if I had a brand new baby or even if I was eight months pregnant. They're really not that demanding. They've been a lot of fun. We've been able to manage them with no issues. So I'm hoping that inspires you a little bit to take the first step towards raising your own flock. 
So I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Living Made Simple podcast. If you have not already signed up to grab my free ebook, you can go to www.yourdreamgardenguide.com. This garden guide has everything you need to get started growing your own vegetable garden this year. As always, if you have any questions, want gardening advice, or have topic suggestions for the podcast, please email me at info at wingingitonthehomestead.com.